Welcome to Money with Alpha, where I share simple tips for how to make, save and invest money while also connecting your values with your lifestyle so you can achieve the life you really want. You will also hear interviews from real people as they share the ups and downs of their money journey. After all, we are all on a journey and what better way to learn about money than to hear what hasn't and has worked. Hi, I hope you're having a great day. And today I wanted to talk about the concept of imposter syndrome. It's come up a bit recently and I did a, did a presentation for, for a local um, women's bits in business group um, recently and I started to delve into it a bit more than I have previously and the term itself came about in 1978 actually by a pair of researchers who sort of coined it based on the research they'd been doing. And it struck me as interesting as to what it is how it shows up and then also what you can do about it. So I hear a lot about that, that concept of imposter syndrome, which seems to impact women more than it does men. And it's not necessarily even in business. It'll show up in our daily lives in so many sort of different ways. And, you know, the triggers and the reactions that we have is when it actually sort of really starts to play out. And what, what is it to, to, to mean to us and why, why do we need to, to think about it and then also obviously do something about it? Because ultimately, I'm like, well, I can know what something is, but unless I know how to fix it, then what's the point in knowing about it? <laughs> so that's going to be my first, I believe, five ways which I'll go through. And the first one is having the right people around you really important secondly having a purpose so what's your why um, whether it's for your your life that that's that helps um, but specifically for business thirdly uh, gratitude so keeping compliments under sort of recognizing when people are complimenting you on things and saying how you're helping them and, and the impact you're making fourthly systems this works particularly for business owners because if you have more systems in place, then there's a bit more professionalism that goes with it and you feel more like a business person. So there's no imposter syndrome because you can feel like you're actually doing it in reality. And then number five is failure, which funnily enough is one of the things that actually how it plays out is the fear of failure. But failure itself is also a really good way to overcome imposter syndrome. And I'll go into why very shortly. So getting back into what the concept of it actually is, and I looked at the definition, and it is quite academic, but it's defined as the persistent inability to believe that your success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of your own efforts or skills. So it's a little bit blah, 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 blah. You know, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, like I said, sort of technical kind of terminology, I suppose, in there. Um, but how does it actually play out? So it ultimately comes down to self-doubt. And that self-doubt comes about because of things like fear, guilt, anxiety, confusion, biases and stereotypes play a big part and the limiting beliefs that you have. Now, the fear future events appearing real, as I always like to, to coin Dr. John Martini on that, because I think it's so true. Um, anxiety plays into this as well. It's, you know, we're, we're fearful of something that may or may not happen and which we've given so much importance to. Um, and we always look at the negative possible outcome. 
and there's there's a there's a negativity bias that builds into this which is which is a very human affliction um, and it's actually born out of our more like primal um, instincts for survival so if we're you know we're in an environment where we're constantly on the lookout for something that could kill us or harm us especially our young our children um, then we're going to seek those things out in order to mitigate them and figure out how to manage them and this has flowed through into our more modern you know civilized society where we are constantly looking more at the negative giving it more attention more validity because it's the negative things that can actually harm us the good stuff well that's that that's feel good that's great cherry on the top kind of stuff it's not what we're aiming for we're aiming to look out for the negative things and that really does play out quite substantially particularly when it comes to things like self-doubt and then imposter syndrome so if we can get on top of that, that's, you know, the, the concept of, you know, the fear of not being seen or the fear of being seen. And then what does that mean? And the self-promotion that goes with it, selling, um, not being accepted by um, loved ones or society, not knowing enough, um, the feel of fear of failure and the fear of also being either acknowledged or not acknowledged for achievement. So there's, there's so much, so much in there that you can unpack. And we'll get into to why some of those things um, come about as well. And then the guilt aspect that, that impacts women, especially when it comes to being a mother and the guilt about if you're running a business, oh, I'm, I'm distracted, like I'm off in there and I'm, I'm trying to do a multitask and do something. And, and then I put my phone down. I want to be just present with my daughter so I don't have to feel like I'm trying to answer emails or respond to events or to clarify things for people. It's just being being present um but there's still that oh if i can't do like one drop off or a pickup or i can't do any drop offs or pickup feeling the guilt and children are really great at it at making you feel guilty too there's some special like gene or class they go to as babies and then there's the the guilt around charging for something that you do and it's often the thing that you do well that you think, oh, well, this just comes naturally to me. Why would I charge for it? Or, you know, oh, I just, I'll just, you know, give, charge them something so that, you know, they feel like they're getting some value. Um, but it's undervaluing that what you're doing that is actually what's happening. And then there's the, the prosperity and the success, you know, I'm, I'm succeeding and I'm doing something, but somebody else that I, that I am close to is failing or not doing something well or not, not achieving success or what they want and feeling guilty about that. And there's just, there's so many things there. Um, and then there's also that not being the person that people are familiar with. And I've certainly experienced this, and I'm, I think all of us have at some point in time, we're not the same person now that we were 10, even 20 years ago. But the people who have known us the longest, namely our parents, but it can also be friends and other family members, still see us as that person that they knew many, many years ago. And they'll still behave and treat and expect us to be that way when we're actually not. So that's that's something that's really um, a really interesting one to deal with. And so to fear and the guilt, when they kick in, they then also validate the limiting beliefs that we have. So the beliefs that we have about who we are and that, that fear and that guilt of who we think we should be, or are we this or are we, what, what are we doing? So under, identifying what your beliefs are become really important to, to tackling this. And it'll then impact the beliefs that you have and make them more limiting than they should be. We want our beliefs to support our growth and provide some faith in who we are before reality catches up 
because we can't always, we're not always going to be perfect when we do something the first time. Um, that's almost impossible. And especially in business, we're not all going to like just get it and it's just going to click straight away. We try a few different things and we'll see what resonates and we see what we're trying to test out what we even like to do. So we have to have belief that we will figure it out and that we will get there. And then if something doesn't work out, then we'll know what to do or we'll figure it out at least step by step. And you can either have a coach help you through that, um, join a mentoring or mastermind program, or you can have, you can go to a course or a workshop, whatever it happens to be to actually get you through that. So then comes what to do about it. So overcoming the imposter syndrome and actually no, I might go into a little bit more of the why first before I before I go into into the um, how to overcome it um, conditioning in a word we talked about negativity bias already um, but then we've also got conditioning which happens from childhood we have our parents who've got their issues and those issues often get passed down <laughs> to us so that's where the conditioning really comes in and they're not necessarily doing it deliberately or even consciously it's just kind of part of what they're used to we often parent the way we were parented um, unless we become very very conscious about not doing something a certain way or being conscious about doing something a certain way that our parents did well um, but there's there's that conditioning either way and then this also impacts how we see our abilities and what we're actually capable of. And it could even be, you know, per, a person in a, in a position of or sort of authority. Um, I know I had an experience when I was in high school with a school counselor who, who said, you know, all I would amount to would be a sales assistant, which couldn't, that doesn't necessarily mean to have been um, an insult, although she actually did mean it in a slightly demeaning way. But so what if that was all I amounted to? Why would that be a bad thing? Um, but I obviously must have looked like I had aspirations for something more. Um, but and it didn't impact. I still remember it. But the memory of it for me was, well, how do you don't even know me? How do you know what I'm capable of? Like I was very, I was a bit, a bit defiant, I suppose, in that way. So I was like, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a clue. You sort of spent maybe like 20 minutes with me. You certainly don't know me. So that's that's where, but there's some people who would take that to heart and would go, oh, well, that's if that's all I can aspire to, then that's all I'll do. Um, and that's where, and that, if that is what they genuinely aspire to, then fantastic. But it's already constraining somebody without them even exploring what they actually want to do. So some of it can be well-meaning, you know, people want to kind of protect you and keep you safe. And again, that primal instinct of, you know, surviving, but we don't want to just survive. We want to thrive. We want to be able to, to really experience the full extent of this wonderful life that we've been given, because we do have a great deal of advantage that we, we live in, in, in this sort of, in the environment that we live in right now. So being able to harness that and actually use it to, for the betterment of our lives and other people's lives is where we really want to go. So um, then there are, and there's so many little things that could happen. And the, the, the thing that we need to look at then is how to undo this conditioning and then recondition our minds and our beliefs to be able to support the goals and the, the things that we're striving and the vision that we're striving towards. So how do we do this? So the five, I'll go into a bit more detail about the five I mentioned earlier. So firstly is people. Extremely important to surround yourself with the right people, whether it's friends or other business owners or the right clients. Um, that family is a little trickier because, yeah, you, you can't necessarily pick them all the time, um, but you can choose how much time you spend with them to a certain degree. 
Um, and that's where you can kind of limit it. And also then you limit, like I, I know there were some family members I could not say certain things to because I knew they were just like, you know, crap all over it. So I just didn't mention certain topics. If they asked me how, how something was going, I'd be like, yeah, it's good. And that would be it. I would deflect answering the question because I did not want to go into the detail of it and have them pick it to pieces. So um, you just have to watch and create boundaries around that. Um, so you want people to understand what it is to be doing what you're doing, whether if you're a small business owner, like being a business owner is a really different thing to being an employee. So it's a totally different mindset. And so if you don't have people around you who understand that, it's very difficult to be able to share wins or challenges in a way that's constructive. You want people to cheer you on, who will tell you the truth when you ask for feedback um, and will be there when things are tough to, to kind of hold the space for you. And then you can do that and return to them. Um, so secondly, then is purpose. Now, why? Uh, if you've ever watched or read Simon Sinek, you'll understand the power of why. It is vital to know um, why you started your business, why you are doing what you want to do, why you are serving the people that you're serving. Um, and this will help to motivate you when you start to question your ability. You're like, I'm doing this because blah, I want to help people. I want to help women business owners feel confident about their abilities to manage money, business, mindset, all of that. And that's, that's my why. And if you want, you want to be able to, because the challenges will arise. It doesn't matter what you do, how well you are, how good you are at it. There will, that's just the polarity of life. And the only reason we know what success and happiness is, is because we know what sadness and failure is. And that's, that's just how it goes. So having your why will help get you through that. Number three is gratitude. Um, there will be either emails or um, texts or something someone said to you if you've gotten a good review. If they've said it to you verbally, write it down. You can even send yourself an email and put it in your gratitude file. It's really important to look at that. It just recently, I was, I was sitting with a client who was reading um, an email, a couple of emails that she'd been sent and it brought her to tears. She's like, this is why I do what I do. And I was like, this, this keeps you going when the frustration feels palpable, that you can't feel like you can overcome it. So very, very important to, to keep a gratitude journal, folder, diary, however, however it works for you. Systems is number four. And I know it sounds a little odd when you think of how to overcome imposter syndrome with systems, um, but systems help you become clear on the things that are, are important and also helps create clarity over things that, are rep rep that require repetition. So if you're in a business and you have certain things that have to happen in a certain way, certain times of the month, and you have a certain, you have keywords that you need to use when you're writing blog posts or you're doing um, any kind of written um, sort of things that are presented into to the market, um, you can write them down. So you can hire people to help you. You can automate things as well. So if you batch your content and you can have it play out over a period of time, you can, you can time it so that it works within your overarching strategy and the business message you want to share. And it just makes you look more professional and more put together. Um, and that's that's because you get your back end sorted. And so when you start to look more professional, people will treat you more professionally as a business person. And you'll really start to feel it and go, oh, yeah, yeah, this is I'm good at this. This is me. All right. Now I can focus on the things I really want to do because I've got my systems automated or sorted as much as possible. So that was number four. And then the last one, number five, I mean, there's a lot more, but I'm, I won't overwhelm you. I'll just I'll just stick to stick to five is failure. Ah, it is a cause of imposter syndrome, but you can reframe it to actually be a way to overcome it too. 
failure is a brilliant teacher. It's probably one of the best teachers and the fastest teachers. That um, concept of fail fast, um, as, as, as the saying goes, is very true. It provides you with a lot of valuable information and experience to help you make better decisions in your business, to help you understand the direction that you're going, the products and services that you offer, how you communicate, the way you do your business model. It gives you so much valuable information to the point where high-performing athletes see failure as something exciting. They use, they, they use their stats. They look at their data. They look at their performance and go, okay, this didn't work. Why didn't it work? What can we do to fix it? Do we need to change direction or do we need to tweak this a little bit here and there? What what played out? And this is where having your systems works because then you get your data that you can use to understand why something failed so that you can adjust and then re-put it out into the world and see what happens next. So those those five are really important to, to fast-tracking getting over imposter syndrome. Now that said, Imposter syndrome is not an illness that you can take a pill for and it will just magically disappear. You'll get triggers, things will come up, you'll, you'll, it'll, it'll, it'll come up, you'll rise up at some point. And having some tools to be able to, to deal with it and surrounding yourself with some structures and boundaries to be able to help you manage it better is extremely important. So embrace it in a way because when it does show up it usually means that you're up leveling that there's some sort of transition happening and you now aren't like you where you were becomes your new floor and you're starting to lift up and you're creating a new ceiling and it's uncomfortable and then you start to question yourself you're like oh my gosh like can i do this why why do i think i can and then that's when your imposter syndrome kicks in and then now you've got a few tools to help you deal with it. So I hope you found that helpful. Um, we do deal, I do deal with a lot of this inside the Enriched Life Club, which is a membership I've just recently launched. If you're interested, you can check out enrichedlifeclub.com. Um, and that's enriched, E-N-R-I-C-H-E-D, lifeclub.com. Uh, and, um, and see the, the sort of composition. And it's, it's there to help support and provide accountability through the business journey, um, particularly through times of transition uh, when you're making some adjustments and up-leveling. So I hope you found that helpful and enjoy the rest of your day.